Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. I mean, I'm not gonna disagree with you. I am like, at this point, briskly like proclaimed socialist. Well, I, I think uh, one of the things we have to talk about is before we get into the writer's strike, uh, while we were on break, one of the articles that I saw went viral was uh, one of the writers from Suits wrote into the Los Angeles Times and said that uh, through his like cable reruns and everything prior residuals got like several thousand dollars and then after Netflix picked up suits and it rocketed to number one with like billions of minutes of view time as I'm sure you've heard well not their residual check was for four hundred fifty one dollars well not just that but the United Auto Workers Union has has been on strike for I believe three, four days now. Um, and this, you know, includes workers who work for General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis. Um, and they are seeking what some people are calling ambitious demands and wages, benefits, and protections, just like all of the other people who have gone on strike at this point, <laughs> right? Um, but what is significant about the United Auto Workers Union going strike, it is a huge fucking union. And right? I, I want to say that the president, Sean Fain, had a really powerful quote in here that, that echoes the sentiments of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. This is our generation's defining moment. Oh, absolutely. The money is there, the cause is righteous, the world is watching. We all have been bitching about the whole corporate billionaire capitalist establishment, and Eat we just rich. also happen to have Eat all the of these strikes happening all at once. Meanwhile, they keep shoving aliens in our face. They keep trying to make us pay attention to all kinds of You heard other... about that uh, Brazilian or Australian billionaire who yeah. said the quiet parts out loud. Yeah, dude. Uh, it, we need to make them starve. It's very clear what the psyops are for at this point. Um, and anybody who is quote unquote woke um, to be as least cringe as possible when using that word is very aware of what the distraction is at this point, right? Like, or why we are being distracted. Because yes, it, even the strippers are going on strike, my nigga. When the strippers are going on strike, you know it is fucking bad. You think the strippers Dog. started going on strike during COVID when they were like, yo, this drive-through strip shit, <laughs> can't do it. This feels like reptile house bullshit right Fam. now. 
No, what it is is like life as we know it is changing. Like this is not a, an apocalypse like of the 2012 perspective, right? But I feel like this was like billionaire poor planning. They're just like, let's just, have all of our labor contracts expire at once. Yo, like it, that won't backfire. No, I think nope, not at all. COVID really hit people over the head in a way that uh, so, I don't think most people were expecting. Hollywood is actually super fucked, because not only is uh, SAG-AFTRA and uh, WGA on strike, but IATSE, the stagehand union... Are they still on strike? They're not on strike, but they refuse to work until the WGA and SAG-AFTRA uh, they is come... Yeah, until that is yeah. settled. Yeah, uh, and I mean, so like... They can't even do reality shows. So, like, which is which was their fallback in the 2008, yep. right? Uh, um, and which brings up two of the biggest stories to come out of this was Drew Barrymore and Bill Maher right now, like recently, right? Um, Bill Maher has announced that Real Time will resume production without its writing staff in respect in some kind of quasi respect to its writing staff. They will only be, <laughs> Everybody will realize how not funny Bill Maher is. They will be focusing mainly on the panel aspect of the show, which Bill stated was, you know, the meat and potatoes of real time was the panel aspect, right? So they will not be doing written segments. But Bill also made some like offhanded comments that I kind of found a bit like divisive which I Bill guess was is on the Joe Rogan podcast this his week, meat so. in potatoes is being divisive right but in the long run he said they're asking for a lot of things that are like kooky Mar told stand-up comedian Jim Gaffigan on his podcast what I find objectionable about the philosophy of the strike is it seems to be that they have morphed a long way from 2007's strike where they kind of believe that you're owed a living as a writer and you're not, and you're not. This is show business. This is make it or miss it, right? And I'm, I, I wanna like, I, I wanna get your opinion on that, right? Like when Bill says this is make it or miss it, you're not owed a living as a writer. How does that make you feel as somebody who wants to be a writer because you just like I we have an appreciation for and honestly outside of the actors as we've seen with shows like The Idol writing counts for a lot <laughs> a lot dude and so to say that you're not owed a living as a writer and this is making I get Hollywood being make it or miss it, right? I understand the competitive nature of that when it comes to creativity, right? Because that does, there, there is that piece of capitalism, right? That I do believe fosters innovation, right? The, when it is truly competitive, right? When it is truly competitive, not the kind of competitive that the studios and the CEOs and the tycoons of industry have constructed throughout their their Edward Bernays uh, marketing strategy, 
right? Like, not that version of competitive. But I do believe that when there is, like, that hunger, and it's like, you know, there are writers, like, and lines of actors fighting for this role, like, that is how you get your real, like, icon. The way Bill is sitting here acting like writers don't deserve a living is just showing the disconnect that he started as a stand-up <laughs> exactly so how do you say that but I like, guess, how do you say that starting as a stand-up but you also have to remember that bill started as a stand-up in the era where stand-up was gritty and it was very dog-eat-dog -dog, right like, like i i tell people like if i work on a joke with somebody like not even like you haven't line entered from into the you haven't even entered into the area of stand-up yet where you have to worry about people stealing your jokes you have to remember fucking uh carlos mencia mm -hmm. dude let's his career is over yeah thanks to joe rogan who is now like the most popular podcaster of all time and let's be fair no disrespect to joe rogan solid stand-up not top five. Rogan? Yeah. Yeah, no, not top five. I mean, he's a solid stand-up. Joe Rogan makes me laugh. Like, But do you check for his stand-up or his podcast? Lots of people were checking for Joe Rogan's podcast because of his past as an M&A host. Right? Like, he was I an like M&A... because of Fear Factor. He was... Uh, <laughs> and lots of people who liked him as an MMA host. Uh, announcer because of his past on Fear Factor, right? Shout out to MTV, right? <laughs> Joe Rogan's on record is just saying, yeah, I just did that for the check. <laughs> Obviously. Obvious. I mean, come on. It was a show where they tried to make people drink fucking drinks. But <laughs> that's the thing that you went out And Bill Maher wants his legacy to go out on being the guy who stood for like liberalism and progressive values and was still willing to push like barriers to have the tough discussions to being some fucking crotchety boomer who is so out of touch with reality he is now suggesting that writers should not make a living when studio executives are making fucking ridiculous ratios compared to the writers in the writers room who are doing the like that's insane it's so, fucking it's so insane that Drew Barrymore even decided to pull back and well, is no on, longer on, going on, to resume her talk show. do you want me to answer the question you asked me <laughs> I mean yeah go ahead how do I feel about somebody who I totally forgot and, about the question I asked and, you by the and way, comes up absurd. with these Storylines. So, I would say, after thinking about that, that the bulk of the work for a show, from a writer's perspective, is done in pre-production. Obviously. Yes. Obviously. There are lots of shows that are getting thrown out on Netflix because they would get one lightning in a bottle and then they would try to replicate it. Well, the one that had lightning... One that had lightning in a bottle was given time to actually fully think out their 
story. Yes, there are a lot of shows, but when you are always walking on a, a nice edge... By time do you mean money? Because I feel like... Time is money. And that's what the CEOs would say. But they're also not, like, objectively one of the points of this WGA strike is they're not giving the writers time to actually, like, come up with good material. Exactly. Like, they because have, like, the CEOs, micro sessions. The CEOs are scared of taking risks on anything that might seem overly subversive or controversial, and they're disregarding the writer's intent and ability to put that into proper context to tell the story the executives want them to tell. But artists and creatives have been saying that for a long time. I mean, we have literally been saying that it is the reason why we have the reboot boom, right? Like, everything is... Can we call it a boom when it's been going on for 20 years? Do you think the reboot boom has been going on for 20 years, or the, uh, the... The insular universe boom has been going on. Because two, los dos. they're not the same. They're not the same. Why not both? Not the same thing, but why not both? I I don't feel like the reboot boom. Well, is... I mean, if you really want me to go on a rant, I think it's probably going uh, to coincide with the fact of Generation X and Millennials and how Generation X are nostalgic for the last key generation. Millennials I mean, are actually kind of disillusioned with the fact that we never had that type of thing to begin want... with. And we never actually got to absorb the original culture. So we like to just put the high production values of veneer of the new and pretty faces on top of it. just put a monkey wrench in that whole run you were doing just now. You could say that the reboot boom has been going on since the 70s, when they decided to rehash all of that silent era shit. And I mean, like now with sound, Looney, and in Technicolor, right? Like all of that shit has been going on since then. If we want to put culture in context, right? Like even Looney Tunes gags were old, like Buster Keaton gags. They were old Groucho Marx gags. They were old. Um, if it makes you laugh, the Marx Brothers did it first. What does that say about us as a culture? Do we like reboots? And well, re I think specifically the millennial generation is obsessed with nostalgia. Like, obsessed. And it actually annoys the fuck out of me. It's, I mean, it is definitely become a marketing tactic at this point. Um, I don't yeah, know. Why if, do you think boneless wings exist? I don't know if millennials are as obsessed with nostalgia as capitalism would have us believe. Right? Because us sitting here on this podcast talking about current both clamoring for new original perspectives, right? Lots of people are clamoring for new original perspectives, which is why, I mean, even though I wouldn't call the Barbie movie a reboot or a rehash, I would say that it did numbers because guess what? A movie centered around women's perspectives is kind of a new perspective, <laughs> right? It's why female rap is dominating hip hop, right? It's why 
uh, Latin American music is dominating the chart. It's kind of why country music is dominating the chart, right? It's kind of like when you do something a little bit new, even if you keep a little bit classic, a lot of people may have tried it, but if you do it just right, you can end up with something like Netflix's live action One Piece. Keeping the story all the same, bringing all the live action flair with it. This series, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, Doc, I've watched this series all the way through. How many episodes are Twice. How many episodes uh, was the first season? Eight episodes. Eight so, episodes, and it covers roughly 50 episodes of the anime, give or take. If you don't know, now you know. Netflix's live action One Piece adaptation dropped two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks ago for us, so for y'all, this is a turtle take. Look at that turtle go, bro. So it'll probably be three weeks ago by the time this actually goes up. So Netflix's One Piece adaptation dropped three weeks ago. Um, and now that we've had some time to settle with it, uh, Zig, go ahead and give your review. Here's how I feel about the live action one. Yo, it was really fun. It's super fun. Like all of the like all of the characters feel really at home with who they are. Like when I saw that interview with Oda and the, I can't remember the kid who plays Luffy, and he's just like, "You're born to play Luffy." And then I see him play Luffy like for an extended period of time, and I'm like, "No, I can buy into this. This this guy's Luffy." Zoro, like he feels like all of the characters feel very in themselves. Also, they they picked everybody. Everybody in that show is wildly attractive. <laughs> like, everybody in that show. Um, Arlong, the, uh, the fish man, uh, it, he's basically Malcolm X. Oh. But, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, anybody who's watched One Piece knows the Fishmen are an allegory for, uh, black people and slavery in America, or slavery... Okay, uh, was not expecting you to say that. Um, yeah, no, okay, so... Have you watched Arlog's speech? No, I have not made it Alright, pull up and... Arlog's speech. I'm a positive report. We all know the truth of this world. Fishmen are the rightful rulers of the seas. And the humans know it too. They fear our power, so they bound us with chains. They loathe our presence, so they banned us from their cities. <sighs> but we broke those chains. <gasps> Built our own cities. Now the time has come to restore the natural order of this world. Centuries, humans have used us, kept us down. So called leaders, they allowed it. Banners of unity and peace they so lovingly wave are, in truth, flags of surrender, willing defeat. Don't know about you, but I ain't surrendering. Come on!
We are the embodiment of Fishman's superiority. And with the Grand Line map, we will reclaim our birthright. Our righteous rage will burn through Coco Village to the ends of the East Blue. And as we move to the Grand Line and beyond, we will teach each and every human their rightful place beneath us. Yeah! We are the sign of Fishman's superiority. Yeah, no, yeah, that line right there certified that nigga is a hotel, right? Like, <laughs> that right there definitely made it feel like. <laughs> Overall, I really liked it. I think the casting is nailed on the head. I did notice the absence of Usopp nose jokes since he's casted by a black guy. I, all right. Have a hot take. I don't feel like this is any better than Cowboy Bebop. I don't. I. I don't. I'm fine with that take because I also enjoyed Cowboy Bebop. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't feel like this is any better than Cowboy Bebop. I feel like what y'all wanted from Netflix was a Cowboy Bebop more in line with the original run of. Uh, Marvel Defenders series that Netflix a continuous did. like plot? They, no, like the grittiness like remember oh, like yeah. yeah like the grittiness of Lucas Cowboy Bebop is supposed to be like a noir kind a of noir like, western yeah in space so m turning it into something that feels like One Piece rubbed everybody the wrong way especially when we're all still lamenting the cancellation of Luke Cage I and will, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. The live-action Cowboy Bebop coming across as One Piece isn't fitting for Cowboy Bebop, but the live-action One Piece coming across as... I don't feel that way. I don't feel like them going sci-fi... totally different tones. I don't feel like them going sci-fi channel with Cowboy Bebop was in bad taste. I don't. I don't feel like the casting was bad. I feel like you I like guys- the casting. That's what I'm saying. I feel like you guys take Cowboy- Like, first of all, let's let's be real. Gatekeeping anime is a real thing in the Also, I want to say, I, I feel like I'm going after the live-action Cowboy Bebop remake. I enjoyed the live-action Cowboy remake, no. so this is just antagonistic we're, agreement. We're comparing it to One Piece, right? And the reason I'm comparing it to One Piece is because I feel like as far as production goes, as far as script writing goes... Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to have to see One Piece. Netflix, throw the budget up for One Piece I keeps do going. not feel like there is any difference between Cowboy Bebop and One Piece. I feel like you niggas wanted something different out of One Piece, and I stated what it was. I feel like, or not One Piece, excuse me. I feel like you niggas wanted something different out of Cowboy Bebop, and that was something more akin to Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, or even like a um, Altered Carbon. Netflix has shown that it can and will put up the budget for like a grand epic sci-fi opera. And right? they probably should, considering One Piece has been the most streamed show for about two weeks. 
So I feel like it actually had more when, streams in its second week than it did in its first. So I it's feel a big like indicator for Netflix when, giving somebody a, another season. So I feel like when Cowboy Bebop came out looking like One Piece does now, everybody was disappointed, right? Because we had seen what Netflix had done with uh, Lost in Space, Stranger Things, Altered Carbon, the Defenders run of Marvel shows. And when Cowboy Bebop was given that sci-fi channel budget, right? Everybody was disappointed, right? When it came out looking more like the live action Death Note remake, everybody was disappointed, <laughs> right? Even though it was- Even Lakeith Stanfield. Even, with, even though Cowboy Bebop was much better and you niggas have to admit now, like it was much better than the fucking Death Note. Right, but and you know what the fucked up part with the Death Note one is? They even got the dream casting of Willem Dafoe, and it was still bad. There are people that will argue that that is not enough of a standard to call the show a good show. Right? Saying that it was better than Death Note is not saying no. Right, but it is. But, it is legitimately fun. There is no major plot divergence no. it is definitely one I feel piece. like it's pretty well I no the, cowboy the plot changes the hold plot, on hold on hold on let, let me cook let you're, me cook you're, you're still talking about one piece but I'm comparing one piece to cowboy bebop but because we're supposed every, to be talking about one piece but what I'm saying is though everything you are saying about one piece I feel like is true about the Cowboy Bebop adaptation. And here's why I think Cowboy Bebop had a bad break with it, because Cowboy Bebop, A, was never a manga, or at least if it was a manga, it wasn't, like, known as a manga, because Cowboy Bebop is an episodic show. Like, it is, it's a flavor of the week show. Why do you think we all woke up at two in the morning and Cowboy Bebop was on and we didn't care what episode it was? Because it didn't matter what was going on in the story, because it's all one-shots, except for the first and the last episode. Cowboy Bebop was a manga. First issue was serialized in 1990, airing before the anime released in the following year, July 1990. Ever, though, I don't feel like that is what really hurt the Cowboy Bebop live-action adaptation. I think... One Piece benefits from its tone being overall more cartoony and playful. So therefore, One Piece is a cartoon. It's yes. also an anime. Yes. It's also a shonen, but it is and definitely part, a cartoon. It is definitely a cartoon. If you uh, watch Gear 5 I, and say <laughs> otherwise, you're kidding yourself. <laughs> then you're not paying attention. Um Oda has been saying it the whole time. Right. Luffy's most powerful is when he literally becomes Bug Bunny. When he becomes a child, right? Like, at its heart, of One Piece is a children's show, which is why I feel like you guys are less judgmental about this live-action One Piece adaptation than you were about Death Note and you were about... Uh, Cowboy Bebop, and you will be about the Yu Yu Hakusho adaptation when it. I saw the casting for that, and I think I'm already off of that. See, once again, though, I feel like that is because you are not familiar with the live action adaptations that are already going on in Japan. 
Like, they have live-action adaptations. But they of, are also like, not planned as globally released media. Those are for the Japanese market. I mean... That's very important. There's a reason... I, I like, guess that's fair The Full Metal enough. Alchemist and Rurouni Kenshin movies were huge in Japan, but in the Western audiences, we're kind of just have like... Have you seen the Full eh. Metal Alchemist live-action adaptation? Yes. It's not, I, I, it's I, not I, bad. It, I literally wrote a college paper about why it was bad and why it should have been done by Hollywood. I don't think it's bad given the market that is producing. I guess if it was given bad, the Disney given treatment, the market it could have hit. No, it's it's bad considering the market that was asking. I don't know if I agree with it because the I, at no point do I really think that the Western market was actually asking for a live action it's adaptation. It's hard for me to believe the Ishbalans look the way they do if they're all just like Japanese people. It's it's like Japanese blackface, basically. I don't think that at any point the Western market was ever actually asking for a live action adaptation of Full Metal Alchemist. I it feel would be like one of those anime that would be the most appealing in the life. Any movie given the Disney treatment is bound to look better than some foreign market doing their best at trying to bring an animation to life. And One Piece did not have a Disney budget. And I would also like to point out that Disney has done a terrible job at bringing their animations. They've done a great job at bringing Star Wars and Marvel to the, like, IRL screen, but the Lion King movie looked like shit. Uh, um, Thank God for Encanto, am I right? Little Mermaid, I guess, did numbers. Uh, that Lion King look, did numbers, too. Doesn't mean it's a good movie. That didn't look like... That, that didn't look nearly as terrible as the the Snow White movie looked like they shit. They made a Snow... Disney's be pumping these out so often. I, like, they're running oh, out of 90s me. movies. No, they're making a Snow White movie right now. It's not the Snow White movie I was thinking about. What's the... Uh, it's, it's Sleeping Cinderella? Cinderella? Beauty? Beauty? It might have been... Snow I think White. it was Sleeping Beauty. They're making... Beauty Snow, and the Beast? They're making... Yeah, no, that's what it was. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast movie looked like every other I look like the fucking run of what's that TV series that they have where it's like all of the children of it's the, the Disney beauty movies. and the beast no he's uh, ugly just not deceased the jungle book live action remake is okay I just feel like yeah, these live-action remakes are... I feel like they should have stopped at Jungle Book. I feel like Jungle Book is is old enough that it deserved... Because if you watch the original Jungle Book, it's still a great movie, but you can tell it is old. Uh, the Jungle Book also already had a live-action adaptation that was more closely, like, true to the Rudyard Kipling source material, but... Talk about that, because this, right... Like, that's the whole Kudos reason. for knowing the original author of the Jungle Book off <laughs> the top of your head. books. I don't know how many times I have to prove this. Now, can you spell Mowgli? <laughs> oh, is... <laughs> I had it. I feel like it's in It's a weird head. spelling. It, I'm not gonna do it. Don't do it, because honestly, I don't know how it's spelled. <laughs> I just know there's an A in there. And you say Mowgli, there should be no A. I know there is an A in there somewhere. 
Bro, all I'm saying is the only reason Disney is doing these live action adaptations to all of their old movies is so they can maintain the copyright for all of these because lots of their old movies are like Grim Grim Brothers fairy tales, uh, right? (laughs) That are about to even Mickey Mouse. There is a rumor that the Paul Rudish run of Mickey Mouse shorts that aired on Disney for a while was only done because Mickey Mouse is so old it was about to hit public domain and if they didn't do something with Mickey Mouse, it would have hit public. The funny thing about the Fantastic Four? Yes. There is a rumor. How many Fantastic Four movies do you know about? Um... So there's one from the early 80s that I remember. Uh, okay. Either so early there's, 80s. There's, so there's like four. There's three that I know. The yes. two, the, the Fantastic Four with Chris Evans' as Human Torch. Yes. The sequel, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. And then the one And then with there's the terrible Michael B. one, Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm. Apparently there was another one that the studio made for like literally like here's the lowest yes. budget That's the possible. one from the 80s. That's and they the, were like, we need you to make this movie just so we can retain yes, the rights. Yes, that's the one from the 80s that I was talking about. Where they And like, yeah, that's that literally happens a lot more than I think you or anybody. These films realize. are made, just not theatrically released. Or if they are, <laughs> it's like one theater. Yeah, and it's so that studios can maintain copyright licenses. We to- technically made a movie and released it. So we still own that, which is why why the WGA is on strike right now, <laughs> bro. That Fantastic this... Four movie is so bad, it looks like AI wrote it, and you know <laughs> it's so bad, AI couldn't even write it that bad. That was a CEO writing it. I do think the new One Piece adaptation is good. Um, I do think that the casting is pretty solid. Everybody from Inyaki Godi to Emily Rudd is doing a great job at the roles. Is she related to Paul? I don't think so. I could not find anything that says that she is. Um, but I looked at her and I was like, blue eyes, it wouldn't be like shocked. I have not, I, I, I'm only like one and a half episodes in. Uh, Emily Rudd tried for like three years to get the role with Nami. Taz Skyler, the guy who plays Sanji, actually took kickboxing lessons, learned how to cook, and was <laughs> the crew's chef during production. The dude literally character acted Sanji. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis, that shit. But not full on, because he walked away from production. Out a sexual harassment charge. Oh. Shout out New to, one to uh, cut the character acting off. <laughs> shout out to Tess. <laughs> yeah, because like, when I, you're when you're doing live action anime, anime adaptations, right? I really like how they handled it. First time Sanji shows up, like he's already like Sanjiing everyone. I mean, the, uh, I feel like the character, the actors are really really true to the characters. But the right? way that they, they are taking advantage of it being live action in ways that anime couldn't, but also keeping things mm, restrained Explain in that. Ways Go that... into that a little bit more, right? Because when you say that, right, with, like, one of the things that's so special about anime, 
is the fantastical nature, right? Like, anime is able... I mean, Luffy's whole thing is he's rubber, right? He is Mr. Fan... He is the Mr. Fantastic of the anime. So, right? I, I, I will say, um, <laughs> anime as a whole, the reason it gets made so much and so often is because anime is typically... A lot of them are done at, like, 30 frames per second. Like, that's why anime, and you're like, talking... very few things are actually moving on screen at once. So when you say that, you're specifically referencing Well, no, it's even prevalent now. Like, like, if you look, like, most of the frame will be more or less still, and you'll see maybe one or two things moving at once. And that's, that's a production trick, because the mangaka doesn't actually have to do that when they're making the fucking comic, right? Comic so, but... In anime, where they like zoom in on the person's face, and it just like you can just tell they're intently looking, but it's just the still. Where they can zoom in on a live actor's face, and you can see these emotions like creeping across their face, their minor muscles, and everything. Right. And those are things you cannot get across in anime without like looking and being like, is that person okay? Like, are they healthy? Like, if you tried to animate, like, a blood vessel, like, popping in somebody's right. head. Like... Right, anime has to take the same route that stage acting, right? They have to over-exaggerate things in order to accurately portray the kind of emotional tension and stuff. Um, or even sometimes, like, emotional subtlety. Right, goes out the window because of the animation, right? So, when that aspect is actually captured in the manga, right? Like, so that's where manga is more like live action movies than anime. Manga and anime, they have to like fill in the gaps by pushing the acting to the extreme. Well, anime has to like fill in the gaps by pushing yeah, the right. voice acting and everything to the extreme. Right, the like, melodrama, yeah, like the live action cool. to tell the story properly has to be like. Those are only things that can work in the anime. In real life, we cannot have Sanji almost bleeding out over a nosebleed. Where now, in the live action, Sanji is just, like, a terrible flirt. Right, well, because that's what the nosebleed is a symbolism of in anime. Is he is, like, unreasonably horny. Like, a blank face... From a, a woman in anime would just be like, oh, she's just not reacting. But well, a blank face from a human, yes. you can tell that they are conveying so much without doing anything. Right, and when you're, but also, you know, to put things into perspective here, when you are illustrating a comic strip for a widely younger demographic, right, or a cartoon an animation for a younger demographic, right? Like, you can't make Sanji as perverted as a real-life Sanji could be, right? Heaven so, forbid a Master Roshi. So the... Well, like, Master Roshi came up in the 80s and was allowed to cook a little bit differently than Sanji, right? Put respect on Jackie Chun's name! Um, however... You think you're clever, Akira Toriyama. I see. However, 
when you're doing a cartoon, right, like, it's a little bit harder to convey those nuances that an actual person can convey, right? Um, so and that's what I think this One Piece live action does <laughs> so well. Which, by the way, the entire series, Oda, Ichiro Oda, the creator of One Piece, yeah. has been there the entire time. Um, and I think it's even evident that Netflix really looked at the mistakes that they made with Cowboy Bebop and, you know, put their money where their mouth was when it came to this One Piece edit. You know who else said that? Oda. He was like, I saw what you did with Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yeah. I saw what you did with Death Note. You're not doing this to my One Piece. No, dude, and I, I think it's evident. I look at One Piece and what they've done with it, and I guess I'm a little... I, I, I'm a little... I rubbed a little the wrong way. Because... Rubber. Ha! I do feel like I am a part of the group that wishes they would have gone more the Defenders route with Cowboy Bebop, right? Like, if they'd have taken the same turn with, that they did with, like, Daredevil and <laughs> Luke Daredevil's Cage, too far. And, no, no, it's not. Daredevil, Luke Cage, Netflix, Jessica Daredevil Jones. is really dark. So was Cowboy Bebop. If you look at some of the stories that they told in that episodic series, dude, it gets, I mean, there's a lot of, like, drug use. I'm I really mean, excited for the live-action remake of One Piece and how they're going to handle drug-addicted child slaves. That's in One dark. Piece, everybody. You want to talk about dark, but I'm just saying, like, can you imagine what that cowboy thing If they did big, give it the same budget and the same run, that that original Marvel run of Netflix series. That's what everybody wanted. And what we got was more akin to what this One Piece is, and that's why I'll everybody tell you, was. The live upset. action Daredevil came out when Netflix had like five original shows. Yeah. And when Netflix had the those like five original in, shows though, they in, were all fucking incredible. It yeah, was like Daredevil, Orange is New Black, to House piss of in Cards. The wind. Yeah, because Netflix was just pissing in the wind with money back then, right? And that's what we were hoping was going to... We were hoping Netflix was going to look at what happened with Death Note and go, oh, okay, this needs to be more like this. Well, they right? also made the mistake of making Death Note a single movie. Yeah, but... They've also gotten pretty decent reception on the Full Metal Alchemist live action. Well, they don't have any say in that. That that was a, a Japan production that was then ported. But it still got pretty good reception. Is my point. And not for me. <laughs> looking at that and going, okay, if we do something more like that, right? Did I mention that the uh, Full Metal Alchemist and why it was bad and why it should have been done in Hollywood, it was a group project. And it was an example of, you know, that guy that does all the work for a group project. That was I've, me. Okay, so once again, I've literally deconstructed this, this entire argument with the simple uh, suggestion that anything given the Disney budget is bound to look spectacular. It's Disney. The whole reason we have anime is because of Disney. 
not ignore the fact that anime characters have huge eyes because of Mickey Mouse. I mean, Astro Boy is just Japanese Mickey Mouse. I wouldn't say it's Japanese Mickey Mouse, right? But uh, just like Mickey Mouse, no matter how his head is turned, you can always see both ears. Astro Boy, you can always see two points out of his head. Probably closer to Mighty Mouse, but that might be out of some people's cultural wheelhouse like, perspective. With that being said, I think we're going to go to a uh, break here. And, and wrap up with, with one of our favorite segments, Florida. Versus everybody. Good old staple bit to welcome back. Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. It is time to 